remember your death. That sounds really morbid <laughs> yeah. and, and, and gloomy, but the purpose behind it is... Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast Love Begins at Home. Today, we are going to be uh, talking about the season of Lent as we are approaching it soon. And um, so, before we begin, why don't we go ahead and do as we always do with prayer? So, if you have a hat on at home, go ahead and take that off. We begin. We can begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that we have, all the blessings you've given us. And as we discuss this topic of the season of Lent, help us to recall what it is that you are calling us to as we approach the, the Easter season. Um, but we, we know that much sacrifice came from Christ as he died on the cross and much suffering. How do we live that in our life? How do we give up the things that we're attached to uh, so that we can be closer to you? Help us to realize these things. Help us to share what we know and help us to um, grow in that, uh, that uncomfortable uh, peace that we need to share in. And all these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everyone. So today, as I said, we were going to talk about the, the season of Lent. Um, and this is going to be done over a couple of episodes because there's a lot to unpack within these, uh, these discussions. But first of all, when we think about Lent, um, what is Lent exactly? And so we can discuss that to a point. So my, my buddy Bible Brad is here, and, and also our buddy Jorge is over here too. And uh, so guys, if y'all had to kind of in a nutshell just describe what the season of Lent is, how could you help our audience understand what that would be? The analogy I've heard a lot is uh, this is, we have two liturgical seasons that deal with fasting in a way. We have Advent, which is at the beginning of a liturgical calendar, and that I've heard is more of kind of like a cleaning up and straightening up the house. But Lent is more of a spring cleaning. So we're getting... Deep cleaning. We're, yeah, deep cleaning. We're getting rid of things that we don't need anymore. And it's a point that we suffer, but not without... A reason. It's redemptive. It's redemptive suffering. That's the heart of it. Which can be scary for a lot of people because you use the word suffering and you're like, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But of course it's not. It's suffering. Nobody wants to suffer. But there, as we'll talk about, there's a reason that suffering is good for us. Awesome. Well put. That's a really neat analogy. I've I never really heard it put that way, but that is a really basic really easy way of thinking about how we need to be cleaning up our lives in preparation for this time of beauty that we are approaching. 
um, this time of rejoicing, of feasting, if you will, um, that that isn't too far away, but maybe it does seem like it when you're in the midst of all that redemptive suffering. All the right? redemptive suffering, and yeah, yeah to the, whatever your Lenten fast would be. Yes. No, no sugar, no mm. coffee, mm-hmm. maybe black coffee, mm-hmm. cold showers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah. I've done that before. Um, so to go into what Lent is um, in a more specific way, so Lent for all of you, we've We've been practicing this as as long as we can remember if you've been a Catholic all your life. But, um, you know, Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, and it's a 40-day period of us um, detaching ourselves from things that maybe um, aren't ordered right in our life, um, that maybe distract us from, um, from God. Um, we take time to pray, to be more focused on God throughout our life. Uh, during this time. Um, we also practice almsgiving and fasting uh, along with the prayer. But today we're going to really talk more importantly about um, the detachment of the things that maybe keep us back and how we can uh, kind of rightly order that in our life. Yeah, because Lent is, it's a recentering uh, and uh, I think a modern phrase we'd use is a reprioritizing of our not just our physical life but also our spiritual life the, our entire being coming and focusing on the one creator in god and reprioritizing him because as we all know we can very easily remove god as the top priority in our life and the church in her wisdom has built in this period of time in every liturgical year to recall us to that to remind us to center, recenter, and reroute ourselves in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, attachment is not like a, a bad word. It's actually the disorder attachments, the ones that are bad. And St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, whenever he explains about the capital scenes and all of that, he most likely will say that um, it's okay to have like certain, you know, um, emotions or like, for example, anger. You know, it's okay to feel anger, but it's it's a sin where it's an uh, disorder anger, you know, when, when you go out of your mind. So mm-hmm. I think this Lent, uh, this season of Lent, it's kind of like a, a little bit of the similar. Uh, it's kind of like to reorder back again, to have a balance in, in order. So you said it, Advent is clean the house, prepare it. The king is coming, you know. Lent is okay, it's clean. Now let's reorganize, reprioritize, or reorder what it's disorder already in my in, in my life. My prayer, my my attachments that I might be sort of disordered towards, I don't know, my girlfriend, my work, my, I don't know, whatever things can be. It's just kind of like reorder and have a balance uh, for Easter. And a, and a good question to ask yourself going into Lent is, what are the things in throughout my day that I can't live without and anything other than God focus on those during Lent (laughs) because that's that's the purpose of Lent that's the heart of Lent is discovering and reflecting on what have I put in place of God what have I put Mm. above God and what have I attached myself what have I disordered in my priorities that is not beneficial for me now, as Jorge said, those things aren't bad, 
right? It, you know, it's not bad to be, you know, I have to have my cup of coffee. And okay, like it's good. You know, you may be addicted to caffeine. Okay, that's <laughs> naturally, we, I think we all kind of identify with that. But then, so your fast may not even be, I'm just going to cut out coffee. It may just be, I'm going to cut out putting cream and sugar in my coffee because that's pleasurable for me. And I can sacrifice by, I can still have my coffee, I still get that, that caffeine that I need, but I don't put as much luxury into these things. Mm-hmm. And it helps reorder that. So you're still keeping it as not a bad thing, not necessarily a good thing either, but just something that you have put so much emphasis on that it's taken the place of God in a way. Now, it's also going to the root of the attachment. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I so attached to coffee? Like, in this case, why am I so, like, I really want to drink coffee. And in in St. Ignatius, like, it's always pushing you to think and discern why, what is behind your attachments uh, in order to be, to you, to be equivalent and and, uh, not not biased on Mm -hmm. your decisions. So, for example, just like hypothetical. Uh, why I always want a coffee? Well, I always want a coffee because I don't get too much sleep. Okay, why do you don't get too much sleep? Because I watch movies in the night. And then, you know, you keep going to, till you find the root. And it turns out it's not about the coffee, but the real attachment is, let's say, watching Staying shows. Stand up too late. Yeah. Stand up too late. So, you know, it's not going to the... Uh, like the most obvious things mm-hmm. that you will see. Oh, this is my attachment, my cell phone. A cell phone is a great example for everyone. Oh yeah. Every, most of the people we are attached to the cell phone, but behind the attachment of cell phone can be many reasons like why you're attached. Maybe because um, you miss one person, because you are attached to certain websites, you want to be certain person. So it's not about the cell phone, but it's about the root of the attachment that's a great point, too. I think when we really reflect and look at our lives, we see the things that are on the surface. Like, yes, I'm addicted to this, or I'm, I can't live without this. But as you mentioned, Jorge, those are, those are symptoms of the problem. They're not the problem themselves. There's going to be something deeper, something more spiritual that's guiding us or pushing us towards those things. So it's not just treating the symptoms, but attacking the root of the problem. So in a general way, what we're saying, what we're called to do during the Lenten season is to die to ourselves, to die to those, uh, those pleasures that nag at us every day that we're just so accustomed to having right away. Um, you know, we have so many pleasurable things at our fingertips nowadays. Um, you know, the food that we eat, the or the excess of food that we have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, just the entertainment. Everything, almost everything that we're surrounded by has some sort of entertainment value. And so we're constantly being entertained and these things distract us away from God. So for, to die to ourselves um, quickly reminds us that we are nothing without God. We are nothing without God. And so when we start the Lenten season on Ash Wednesday... You know, we, we receive the ashes because it is a reminder to us that, you know, we are nothing but dust from the earth. You right. know, we shall return. Um, yeah, it comes back from the story right. of Genesis, the mm-hmm. creation narrative after the fall. God says to Adam and Eve, their punishment is that they will die. 
and that you know uh, your dust and the dust you shall return. return that's right? that's what's said to us as we receive the ashes and make the sign of the cross of the ashes on our forehead. Mm-hmm. And so that that Ash Wednesday, um, the starting of Lent, really should propel us into this season and really drive us to reflect on, you know, what do I need to die to in my life right now that is not helping me live fully in God, mm. right? Um, and another another interesting thing about Ash Wednesday itself is, you know, it's a, we encourage every Catholic, obviously, to go and to try and make time to get to an, an, Acts, an Ash Wednesday Mass or an Ash Wednesday service. Um, but a lot of people tend to think that it's actually a holy day of obligation. Yes, it is not a holy not. day. It is <laughs> so, not a holy day of obligation. So, yeah. yeah. So... Um, don't feel like oh oh I didn't I wasn't able to make it this year that you're gonna be in trouble because um, you won't be but uh, but just really as we come upon Lent and Ash Wednesday uh, try and make room for that service in your life um, so that you can start off the Lenten season in the right way plus it's it's great witness to other people who may not know yeah um, what Lent is um, because those ashes will remain on your forehead for most of the day. Until um, you get home, and so you going out into the world, going to back to work, going back to school, wherever it may be, um, people are going to be looking at you like, "What is on your forehead, and why is it there?" And then you can explain. Yes, so. yeah, and even in the Old Testament, the the fasting or when somebody was suffering, they they would put dust on their head and they would wear sackcloth or, or rags. So if you saw somebody doing that, you would know, oh, this person is suffering or they're fasting, they're going through some sort of penance, and that translates a little bit over into our tradition. The sackcloth, we don't really have in Ash Wednesday, but that, that dust is kind of the, the reminder. And there's a, there's a phrase that we often hear, or maybe not often, but as Catholics, we are constantly reminded, like, remember your death. That sounds really morbid <laughs> yeah. and, and, and gloomy, but the purpose behind it is to remind us that this is not our home. We, we will die. Isn't it that memento mori? Yes, memento mori. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's what it is in Latin. Remember your death. And so when we receive Ash Wednesday, the ashes on Ash Wednesday, that is the heart behind that, is remember that you will die. So you need to prepare your soul for that time. So when you come into the beatific vision, hopefully, in heaven, you know you, you, you have that pure purity, that purification, that your your soul is ready to receive eternal salvation. <laughs> it's kind of like in other words saying, hey, don't get too comfortable in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or the Bible says, uh, don't save treasures here right. because you won't get them in heaven. So mm-hmm. remember, it's kind of like a reminder, hey, mm-hmm. you are not from here, you belong to heaven. So get rid of, of your, again, going back to your attachments, get rid of your disorder things because... Uh, money or whatever it is, you know, uh, because you don't belong. You do not belong here. You belong to the paradise. So we have talked about what Lent is, um, when it starts, all those sorts of things. But now, more specifically, we can enter into talking about, you know, what we should practice during Lent. So if we can give some pointers to our families um, and our youth out there. What can we do to help ourselves in this regard as to dying to self? Maybe uh, what, what can we fast from? Um, and how can we 
open our lives up to prayer more so? Uh, what are the practices we can do to help ourselves in this case? Um, so one thing that we've been talking about so far um, is just you know detaching from the things in our life that um, have been leading, leading us away from God. So the things that we're spending a lot of time with, um, you know, we, we said in our first episode when we talked about prayer that prayer is just spending time with God, essentially. Um, and so if we're not making that extra effort to uh, order our life to spend time with God, um, think about what are those things that are keeping us from being able to make time for God in our life. Now, Jorge mentioned probably the number one thing, which was the phone, right? Oh, yeah. We, you know, we all have... We all have phones, we all have screens, and, you know, those things are always uh, calling us for attention. Um, there's some crazy statistic out there um, about how many times someone, like, touches their phone in a day. It's 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 so bad. It, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you'll just be sitting there. You won't have anything to do. You don't even, your mind is completely shut off. You yeah. just pull it out and you just be like, why do I, I don't even yeah. have anything to do on right. this. Mm-hmm. Right. So, we're we're always... We're in this habit of reaching for something that will entertain us um, or satisfy some just simple pleasure that we have. It could be food, whatever it might be. But I think that's a really good image of Lent mm-hmm. is so often we are trying to grasp something and we're reaching and grasping, but Lent is putting our hand out to receive, much like we do with the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting us to that point, drawing us back and not trying to grab, but simply to receive or give, to have an open hand. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's also, you mentioned almsgiving as one of the pillars of, mm-hmm. well, uh, of Lent. We'll talk about that later. But just that image of an open hand rather than a closed fist. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's powerful. It's a Holy Spirit moment right there. Hey, Brad? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use a Bible. <laughs> No Bible needed right now. <laughs> what would you say to that, Jorge? Um, I was actually going to say something related to the Bible, actually, and I don't want to take your title of uh, Bible, oh, Brad. Please, I, I, I didn't write the Bible. Feel free to, to use it. I don't have copyright on but, it. But, uh, you know, on this uh, season of Lent, we always reflect on Jesus being tempted in the desert. And if you remember, if you recall that, three temptations uh, from the devil, he he always start, at, at least on the first two, he always start, if you are the son of God, you know? And then he talks about, like, if you are the son of God, um, convert these stones into bread and whatever. If you are the son of God... Uh, Cast yourself off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And, and angels... Have will, your angels come. Yeah. But down. so, as, as, as we... As, as we hear... Uh, the devil is not like just trying for him to do like a magic trick. Like, hey, you know, if you are what you say you are, do this trick. Let me see that trick. You know, it's more like going to the root, to his, uh, to his confidence, to his uh, identity of the son of a uh, son of God. You know, he's he's trying to break that the son of God. So he's going to the root again. What I said before. So like for what you said on the cell phone. Uh, that sometimes we reach uh, our cell phones and, and, and we just want to be entertained. But if you try to go to the root of that, it's like, why am I getting my cell phone? Do I want to avoid 
something and am I feel uncomfortable because of who am I right now or whatever. So I think uh, this season of Lent, it's also to get used to being uncomfortable, like silence. Uh, ben, you know, sometimes we play, uh, we play games or something and, and we're just playing and, and myself, I, I always play music. And, I, and they're like, oh, you don't know how to live without music. And I guess some, sometimes it is, you know, I, I can like stand by being in silence And Lent, it's kind of like a another, I mean, it's not technically another word, but it's kind of like a, a, a analogy for silence, the uh, absence of something, you know, to be comfortable even in the silence, even in, in you know what I mean, what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the silence is always, um, it's a, such a peaceful thing, but a very uncomfortable thing if you're not already kind of in tune with that in your life. So maybe for you youth out there, you teens, um, you're always bombarded with some sort of noise in your life. I don't know how many times I've seen uh, our youth come in either on Sunday or Wednesdays and they already have the AirPods, the AirPods in oh their my ears. God. <laughs> yep. They're always listening to something. Yeah. And, you know, we remind them, all right, put your cell phones away, your cell phone, put your smartphones away, <laughs> put your... AirPods. Your AirPods away. I call them headphones still. That's how old I am. Um, Did you tell them to put their pages away too? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not that Your vipers. <laughs> your beepers. Your beep, put your beepers, beepers away. Beepers. Um, yeah, and it's like they always have to be plugged into something. Mm. Unplug. I think that, yeah. That, you know, that's unplug. Great. Like Lint is being getting unplugged. Yeah, unplug. Unplug and listen for what God wants to share with you instead of whatever song you're listening to or radio show, whatever it is, like be in silence and let God speak to you. And, yeah. and, and just not like doing that, but again, I will, I guess I'm saying it too much, uh, but it's question yourself, not only unplug myself, like head, you know, get rid of my headphones or whatever, but it's like, Why am I trying to avoid when I use my AirPods? You know, what am I running off from? You know, it can be my family. I don't want to... Like last episode, we were talking about uh, tolerance mm-hmm. and love and how tolerance is to try to avoid um, conflicts or to try to avoid like uh, engagement with the other. So it's kind of like goes uh, maybe on the same line. Am I trying to avoid something by doing these and these? Just kind of like question yourself, and again, as I said at the be- at the beginning, you just try to find the the root of that uh, attachment or disorder attachment. And that that idea of silence, I'm reminded of the parable of the lost sheep in Luke's gospel in chapter 15. I don't remember if I mentioned this or not, but I talk to my teens about this often. Uh, the teens at St. Mark is that the image of a shepherd and a sheep. You know, sheep are They're not smart animals, <laughs> so we're the sheep. And it's not that we're stupid, it's just that they need guidance. That's why they have a shepherd. And so this idea of the shepherd going after the sheep when it's lost and, and taking it and putting it on its shoulders. So actually what shepherds will do to a sheep that keeps wandering off is they will break the legs of the sheep. And then they will put the sheep around their neck And they will speak to the sheep. 
Really? Yes. So they will speak to the sheep as the sheep heals and its legs begin to uh, to heal. And so by the time that the sheep is healed, it recognizes the shepherd's voice. And if you you can actually watch this on YouTube. If you look up uh, shepherd calling a sheep or something like that, there'll be people that are hollowing after these sheep in a pasture, pasture. And then the shepherd will come and whistle or say something, and those sheep come running to him. Mm. Because the sheep only recognizes the shepherd's voice. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I lay my life down for the sheep, he's talking about us as his own possession. That the idea is, in Lent, the only voice that we recognize is that of the shepherd. But we have to unplug in order to do that. And so going back to this idea of redemptive suffering, yeah, it sucks you know, as, a, as a sheep, their legs are broken. They can't do anything. They're completely dependent on the shepherd. But the shepherd loves the sheep and takes care of the sheep. And so it, that, that suffering is for a purpose so that the sheep doesn't wander anymore, that it doesn't continue to put itself in danger. And that's kind of what Lent is helping us to do, is allowing the good shepherd to come and speak to us so that we don't continue to wander after Lent is over. Hmm. I, I'm just amused by what you said, Brad. I, I'm real. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I never thought about like that, like broken legs, and 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 when you think about it, it's it's it it works perfect about your brokenness and how broken we are whenever. Uh, and, and, and how, and this isn't a land we actually want to be new person. Uh, St. Paul says, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it says. He says I something. Mean, <laughs> he, says, um, he says a lot of things. No, no, no. He, I are know, you talking about I, in Ephesians chapter 4? Yes, says, I know the verse on. in Spanish. I don't know anything. So you do need Bible bread. <laughs> so you have to, he says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says Dive you have to, to take off the old self, put uh -huh. on the new self. Exactly. Yes. I'm sorry. I know the verse in Spanish, not in English. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, I never thought about the perspective of how we have to enter this land in our brokenness and, and in... in in our um, the way we are and admit how much we need God and and in that need of of God is is when God listen uh, teaches how to hear his voice and, and prepare us for the way mm. wow. well this is a really good conversation for this first episode on the season of Lent and what we can start to do to uh, order our lives better and to focus on dying to self and preparing, um, preparing ourselves for the journey of Lent. Um, I would challenge you. I think it's a good challenge for all of us to try during this Lenten season to spend time in silence. Um, and maybe just start minimal, maybe five minutes of silence every day, um, maybe for the first week. And maybe you can double that the second week. And maybe if you're doing well, triple that. Um, but really allowing yourself to be silent, to unplug, and to hear what God is trying to say to you. Um, and that can maybe spring out in you the other things that need to be revealed to you of what you need to reorder in your life. Silence, listen for God, and then make the changes. So from all of us here at um, Love Begins at Home, we wish you a great start to the Lenten season. And we will be praying for you. We ask that you pray for us and our families um, as we, um, you know, start to to journey on this, this season of Lent, too. So let's close in prayer. Uh, Bible Brad, if you wouldn't mind. Of course. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for loving us so incredibly well. We thank you that you are the Good Shepherd, and that you come to us in our brokenness. And Lord, that when we suffer, it is not without reason. That you can use our brokenness, you can use our suffering to heal us, and to bear witness to your love and your mercy to everyone in our lives. And Lord, I just ask that you spend, send your Holy Spirit down upon each and every one of us this Lenten season, that we can get rid of all of the things that are keeping us from you, O oh Lord, that our hearts will only recognize your voice by the time we come into the Easter season, and that we may not wander back to our old ways, to the things that kept us captive and enslaved us, but may we find freedom and security in you, O oh Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So remember to uh, subscribe and to follow us on all the platforms that we have available through Spotify, through Apple Podcasts. Um, and uh, we will be talking to you really soon in our next episode. So have a blessed day. And everyone, we wish you God's blessings. God bless. God bless.